You are listening to the Choose Your Struggle Podcast, a member of the Shameless Podcast Network. This week on the Choose Your Struggle Podcast, it's the inspirational speaker, Chris Singleton. But first, Kid Mental, let's go. Things ain't always gonna go our way, but you can always win when you choose your struggle. And some battles will be yesterday, but today is for a new weekend. Choose your struggle, and don't worry about what they say. But you can always win when you choose your struggle, and you can bounce back just as Jay. Come on and listen to choose your struggle. Choose your struggles. Choose your struggles. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Choose Your Struggle podcast. So great to be here with you all. This is uh, this is an episode that is a uh, <laughs> long time in the making. And in fact, there's there's a stretch of those. I know I kind of mentioned this earlier uh, a couple weeks ago, but there's coming up, there's a, some bigger names and, and people who are doing incredible work uh, who I have been connected with and kind of working on getting on the show for a while. And they're all just kind of coming to fruition right now. Actually, speaking of that, had a good couple of weeks, uh, went from one booking to four between the start of June and, and my birthday, June 10th. So, uh, excuse me, my birthday, July 10th. So in, in a six-week, five-week span, uh, now four bookings, which is awesome that things are starting to open up again and I'm getting booked, which is my favorite thing in the world. So um, if you are part of something that is looking for speakers or, or actually what's really interesting is that two of them are uh, actually round tables that I'm the host, uh, which is something I really enjoy doing. So uh, please reach out about that. Would love to host your event. Uh, it's fun for me. And, and, you know, I, I, if you're thinking about, oh man, I don't know if I can afford him or something like that. I always drop my feed for hosting because it's a lot less work on, on uh, preparation on my part. And, and it helps me uh, help the organizer facilitate other voices, which is something I care about. So uh, definitely reach out. Also, you'll notice on this one, I think, at least I did, that the sound quality is better. Uh, I, I tried my second new platform in two weeks. Claire, the, the one I used to record Claire Russell was fine. The one I used today for Chris are, are, is now my new platform. So uh, hopefully that will avoid some of the issues I had with Zoom. Um, and, and, you know, I know you're all thinking, we didn't notice a thing. I know, I know, but I did. So that's what matters. So now, today's guest is Chris Singleton. You may know that name if you're a baseball fan. He was a draft pick by the Chicago Cubs in 2017. Or you may know that name from his work now, which is as an inspirational speaker, uh, an educator, and children's book writer. He is the son of one of the people tragically murdered during the Mother Emanuel massacre. And and, uh, he... took this unimaginable, and that's his word, right? I mean, and and I fully agree with him. You cannot imagine the feeling of losing your mother to a white supremacist shooting in your place of worship. I, I, you put all those words together, and I cannot imagine what that feels like. I can, I can, you know, empathize, I guess, but you cannot imagine what that feels like. And he took this unimaginable experience and decided to use it to spread a message of love and education. And so I just am such a big fan of his for that. I knew about him 
both from baseball and because of this story. I just think it's so amazing. Here's a guy who, you know, again, went through this experience and decided to, to do something incredible and the fact that we are in the same field. And so one day when I'm, when I was living in Charleston, because obviously this happened in Charleston, he's a, he's a hometown guy there, very, very well loved in that city. I walk into this uh, baseball banquet. It's like one of the only you know, events of that kind that I went to in the two years I was in Charleston because of COVID, obviously. But I, this is before COVID. I walk in and there he is. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so cool. Like I'm, I've been wanting to meet this guy. So I, I, I kind of flag him, flag him down and we chat for a minute. And uh, we stayed in touch, you know, followed each other on social media. And, and now we were able to make this uh, a reality for the podcast. And, and one thing he and I chatted, just caught up for a little bit after the, the interview. One thing I told him that I'm super impressed by and that I definitely tip my hat to is he is sticking around to fight the good fight. My, my wife and I could not do it in Charleston. And part of that is that we didn't have as much of a tie there, right? My wife is from there, but at the same time, neither one of us loved it so much or, or cared about it so much that we wanted to stay and help make it a better place. Chris is doing that, you know, and his work is tough in town. And, and, and uh, you know, he is very forthright when you talk to him about that, that it's it's a tough place to to sort of connect over the issues of race and talk about the issue of race and, and love conquering the division there. But he is fighting that good fight. And I really tip my hat to him uh, because it's tough. You know, I, I can't imagine uh just I just like I can't imagine and that's sort of the theme for this week is unimaginable so really props to Chris uh, for him and for doing all his work and, and just being the, the kind of guy he is uh, I, I think you pick up on this that idea in this episode um, it's a it's a bit shorter we repress for time a bit but but you know it's still half an hour interview so you're getting a good amount of us uh, anyways all right, without further ado, enjoy this conversation with Chris Singleton. People will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. That famous quote by the extraordinary Maya Angelou is exactly why I speak. It's why I tell my story and mix education around the topics of mental health, substance misuse and recovery, and drug use and policy with motivation, inspiration, and purpose. So when you're looking for your next keynote or breakout session speaker, reach out. Find me at my website, jshiftman.com, and I promise you, your employees, your group members, the students at your school, everybody will come away having learned something. And that's how we create change. Reach out today. Thanks for sharing the podcast with your friends. If you're listening on Apple, please rate and review or check out the review link in the show notes. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Let's do it. All right. So first off, obviously, thank you for being here. Uh, if you wouldn't mind to give your, you know, your brief 15, 20 second in, uh, introduction, and then I would love for you to, to tell your story. Yeah, so my, my, my introduction, I'd say, is I'm an inspirational speaker, I'm an author, a husband, and a father. Uh, the reason why I don't say motivational speaker is because I don't scream and yell and uh, tell people to do this, that, and third. I just share my story and my heart, and hopefully I change perspective. So uh, with me, I grew up uh, without my, my dad in the house. He struggled a little bit uh, drinking-wise, but 
you know, he's a great, great dad. And then ultimately where my story kind of be begins or my mission per se is after my mother was taken away. My mother was a, a victim at Mother Emanuel AME Church uh, in downtown Charleston, South Carolina, where a guy said he wanted to start a race war in this country and took nine lives. And uh, stemming from that, I have this mission now of unity, um, what that looks like in our schools, what that looks like in our companies, and just as, as people, what does that even mean? Um, so that's the mission that I'm on now. And I've got two, uh, well, actually one son, a son on the way, will be here uh, pretty soon that we're excited about. I'm married to my high school sweetheart, and I'm loving life, man. Well, congratulations on the on the second uh, child. Very happy for you. Thank you. Uh, and, and so, as my listeners know, until literally three weeks ago, I also lived in Charleston, and that's where you and I crossed paths, and uh, that's where I got to see you speak. And I, what was so interesting is I knew your your story and your work before that, and then I walk into this banquet, and there you are. You're speaking at this at this thing, and and I think what's so interesting about uh, your story, which which some of my my listeners will vibe with, because you're the second former baseball player on this podcast in about three months. Kyle Blanks, if you know that name, was on here a little while ago. You <laughs> were uh, that was a big part of your life until you had this opportunity. Opportunity is not the right word. That's obviously you you wouldn't have wished this opportunity on anybody. But yeah. this this life changing event that sort of showed you a different path. For sure. So for me, baseball was a my getaway. People say that all the time, but baseball was everything to me. It was my uh, thing that I could play to feel like I had a purpose in the world. Uh, it was the thing that was going to be my ticket to buy my mom a house and, and all that good stuff. You know, the, the things that we dream of. Um, and that was that way for a while until my mother was taken away. And after she was taken away, you know, baseball was still my love, my passion, but I had this different mission with my life. I knew that I was more than just a baseball player. And so that's kind of how the, 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 the flow of, you know, being an athlete was for me. And then after I got released, I just started going full time with this base. I mean, this speaking thing, and uh, it's it's been phenomenal. It's it's been blessed so far. So for for the, the obviously one uh, sadly so, Mother Emanuel is one of those events that everyone knows. If you say the name Mother Emanuel, people know of the the terrible massacre. And and from being in Charleston, you know, I was at the remembrance last year uh, or earlier this year. I don't remember COVID, right? Um, can, if you are okay with it, can you kind of talk us through a little bit about what that, that experience was like? I mean, you weren't there that night. So what was that like for you? Yeah, man, for me, it was, uh, I call it the unthinkable, right? Stuff you, you never in a million years think would happen to you until it does. I was 18 years young. Uh, my mom was a single mother of three. She was taking care of all of us. And, uh, when that happened, I was actually had a baseball game that night um, got the phone call and, and immediately rushed down there and, you know, anxiety was building up. And then ultimately, man, all that came to a, a stop when I, I, I heard that it was confirmed that she was taken away. And it wasn't until days later that I figured out that the reason why she was taken away is because somebody wanted to start a race for in this country. Um, initially, I didn't know why she was taken away. All I knew was that it happened in our church at Bible study. Um, but as time went, went by, I realized why it happened. And then that, that kind of lit this flame up. Uh, under me uh, and fueled me with the mission that I have right now. So I think that, that that night had to have been one of those experiences that none of us, like none of us can be, can even like begin to put ourselves in your shoes, you know, being at something that, as you said, was your escape and you get this call that, as you said, was unthinkable. Right. So, I mean, help us understand that night from your perspective, man. Like, 
where like uh, uh, mentally emotionally where were you as you're right you said you're you were anxious but like what was going through your mind when you're rushing down to your church i mean this is your 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 safe space uh, hearing these rumors these 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 the, about what had taken place there yeah what a lot of people don't understand is um when something like this happens in in the news or anywhere something drastic like this happens as a family member they don't tell you anything and so if you've got a cell phone like we all do we're seeing tweets go out about this. We're seeing uh, posts about that on social media. And, and I'm seeing stuff like multiple people shot, uh, some killed in a church. And I'm thinking there's no way that that's the same thing that's happening right now. Right. Then I see the headlines, Charleston, South Carolina, eight people deceased, one going to the hospital. And I still had not heard that my mother was safe or was alive or was dead yet. And so when I see stuff like that, man, you got to, you know, the hope is dwindling when you see something like that. And so I'm sitting in a room where they're having all the families at, and I'm uh, trying to figure out, hey, is my mom here or is she gone? And ultimately, man, that, that night ended with me hearing the worst news I've ever heard before was that she was shot and killed. I'm, I'm like, I have shivers just thinking about being in your shoes, man. So like when, when something like that happens, you know, people don't know what to say. You know, because what do you say, right? And there's nothing that we can say to make you feel better in that moment. So, so what was your what was your healing? I, I, I'm assuming that path is ongoing, right? I don't think you're ever healed from something like that. But in in the immediate aftermath, how how did your healing process begin? Yeah, I think for me it started. Uh, number one, I, I forgave my mother's killer, which is uh, something that was out of this world. I can't describe it as anything else. And I realized the power of forgiveness because we think about it as weakness, like I'm submitting to somebody when in actuality you have the upper hand because now you don't have to constantly think about revenge or constantly think about getting back at this person or what they're doing with their lives or anything like that. And so that was that was one thing that helped me in my process. But number two, man, I realized this, like after my mother was killed, as tough as it was for me, uh, it was sink or swim. To be completely honest, it was sink or swim because, you know, I, Bill collectors didn't say, hey, because this happened to your mother, like you don't have to pay your car note anymore, right? They didn't say, okay, Chris, well, we're not going to foreclose on your house because your mother is gone. That didn't happen. And so things were happening to me and I realized, hey, as tough as this thing may be, I have to figure out how do I keep pushing forward in my life? And that resilient, I just started studying resilience, people that have just overcome uh, unimaginable things. And I realized that a lot of people that have just overcome so much stuff, they realize something about life. And it's that some things will happen to you, but it's all about your response to them that will uh, shape the rest of your life. And when I kind of started having that viewpoint on, on, on my on or that lens, for lack of better words, on my life, that's when things changed for me and my grieving process began to, to be a little bit easier. So you were still playing at this time. So you had to go back. You had to. I don't want to say pretend, but you had to almost go on with, with this dream that you were following. How hard was it to step back on the baseball field after this happened? Man, to be honest, that was something that uh, kept me sane during that time. Like I, like I mentioned before, it was uh, the only sense of normalcy I had. Um, so for me, I was eager to get back on the baseball field because I was still in college at this time. I hadn't been drafted just yet, but I was playing in college and it was like, man, this is the only time I could you know, think about something other than what it, what just happened to me. So, so baseball was critical in there. 
and you do get drafted by the Cubs and you go play the minor leagues for a couple of years. And as you said, you got released. And I know for a lot of guys that can be very difficult. I mean, I was just listening to a podcast about this earlier, but for you, I'm sure it was difficult, but you sort of grabbed onto this and said, I have this other path. Yeah. For, for me, man. But I realized this early that I was a person that plays baseball. I wasn't just a baseball player and that's it. I think far too often athletes categorize themselves as athletes and, and they don't know anything else about themselves uh, or about them. So when, when something happens or they get injured or they get released, this is like the end of the world because, hey, that's all they were for 20, 30 years of their life. Right. And so once I uh, realized this mission that I had, I started speaking in the offseason. Um, I would do speaking engagements at you know youth groups and I do speaking engagement that for different smaller companies. Uh, all this stuff about resilience, about overcoming adversity, about unity. And then I, I started to really realize, man, I can make a difference outside of my sport. Um, and so by the time I got released, man, I was, you know, obviously I, I wanted to play in the big leagues for a, for a long time, provide for my family that way, but it didn't happen. So what happened for me was I said, okay, now it's just time to shift. It's time to shift lanes and continue to work in my purpose. Uh, so before we actually go into all of your work, I, I want to sort of go back as a, as a, speaker myself and uh you know someone who also like you sort of found their passion outside of their original uh original thing what can you remember your first time of like going up on stage and trying to tell to to speak about this tragedy about what you're learning about your your mission what was that night like for you or that day like for you yeah man initially i didn't i didn't want to be a speaker right it's not something i set out to say hey this is what i want to do at first but I'll never forget, I, I saw a guy by the name of Inky Johnson, who's a, a phenomenal motivational speaker. Um, and I remember he, listening to him after I went through my trials and tribulations. And I'm like, man, if I can make somebody feel half the way he just made me feel, I'm like, I got to do that with my life. And so I I, I, uh, I would always get asked to do um, short you know, speeches after I get an award somewhere. And I remember there's this one event out in Orlando and they said, Chris, you know, you're getting you're getting the Hero Among Us Award. And we'd love for you to, to uh, say a five minute speech. And I was like, five minute speech. Man, that's a long time for me to be talking. Everybody <laughs> looking at me. Right. And I remember going down there and I, I uh, shared I was super nervous about it. It was like a thousand people in the audience. Right. But the cool thing was the lights were super bright on me. And so I couldn't see anybody. And so I ended up sharing. And after I finished up, one of the ladies I was there, she was an NFL player's mom. And she said, Chris, I know you you think you got this baseball thing down and I hope you do, but you got to keep doing what you did tonight. And uh, that's kind of how it started. And, and it's just progressed from there. That's a, that's a fantastic story, man. And I also remember my first time. It wasn't even five minutes. It was giving an introduction of someone. It was about three minutes. And I was like, oh, this is going to be so hard. And now here I am, like, you know, five years later going, oh, man, I don't even know if I could do just three minutes, right? Right. That's, uh, that's, that's, that's nothing. Yeah, that's the hard. That's the hard one. So before we get into all of your work, though, because it's, it is amazing. Let's let's pause real quick and shout out where people can find you online and follow you and all the good stuff. Yeah, man. Uh, ChrisSingleton.com. All of my booking goes through there. My team will get on that ASAP if somebody wants to bring me in to the organization. And then uh, social medias is CSingleton underscore two. Uh, most of them are verified, but just yes, yeah, CSingleton underscore two. Y'all know I love to read and almost every episode of this podcast includes a recommendation to check out an awesome book. From Adid Jaffe's Abstinence Myth to Johan Hari's Chasing the Scream, I'm constantly looking for new books to learn from and enjoy. 
That's why I'm super excited to partner with Bookshop. Bookshop is a wonderful website that helps you find all your favorite books and support your local neighborhood bookstore in the process. I've bought everything from textbooks to Star Wars novels on Bookshop, and I've supported my local store with each transaction. Best of all, my Bookshop link will allow you to see all the books I've mentioned on the show right in one spot. So check out Bookshop today using the link in my show notes or go to bookshop.org shop CYS and you'll find all the awesome books you want and support the podcast in the process. Check it out today. Subscribe to my Patreon for behind-the-scenes looks at the podcast, sneak peeks, and bonus data. You'll also get a discount on Choose Your Struggle merch. Find it at patreon.com slash chooseyourstruggle. So before we actually talk about all your work, there is one other way to, to, to follow you and support you, and that is your book, which is awesome. Can you talk a little bit about the book? Because that was when that came out, I was like, oh, man, that's a cool twist on the, on the work you're doing. Yeah, man. Uh, it's actually a children's book. So I uh, started writing children's books about uh, a year ago, only about a year ago, um, June 17, 2020, the five-year anniversary when my mother was taken away. I, I released this children's book called Different, a story about loving your neighbor. Um, and in hopes that I would sell a thousand copies, right? I said, if I sell a thousand copies, I'll be able to make my money back, right? Because I self-published my first book. And uh, I said, if I sell a thousand, my wife won't kill me. We'll be, we'll be okay. We'll be, we'll be good to go. Um, and so I ended up putting it out there. That's why I think producing something is so important. You never know, right? I ended up putting it out there. I ended up selling 1,500 copies in the first six hours. And uh, it just started taking off. Different celebrities were shouting it out. The Obama Foundation got it and shouted it out. Um, different, It was all over. And then I think we're about 18,000 copies um, now, which is apparently really, really good for a self-published children's book author. Everybody keeps telling me so. Uh, it's definitely start to take off for sure. Well, congratulations on that, man. Yeah, Thank I remember you. being down in Charleston when it came out. I think it was uh, that that bookstore downtown was doing a doing a thing about it. So you know, there was definitely definitely a lot of buzz about the the hometown kid who was doing something cool. Yeah, exactly. So you you know your your primary is is speaking, as you said, inspirational, not motivational, inspirational. And you, your topics are so important, and and also, uh, it's it's almost like you couldn't you you could not put you in just one bucket because there isn't there isn't just one. You're doing so much that is it's crossovers, right? Because you're talking about the tragedy, you're talking about your personal sense of loss, but you're also talking about the the disgusting role that race played in in in, in that that loss. Is it? Is it hard sometimes for people to kind of, I mean, there's so much in your message, right? Is it hard for everyone to take it in? No, I think for, for most people, when they bring me in, they say, Chris, we, we want to hear the story. And then we have this thing we want you to touch on. So um, I always say my one non-negotiable is I have to talk about my mom, right? That's one. This is the one of the ways I keep her legacy going. And uh, the other thing that they'll say is, hey, well, maybe I want you to talk about um, leadership. Maybe I want you to talk about uh, race in our schools. Maybe I want you to just talk about uh, adversity or, or anything like that, or sales training, like different things people want me to, to share on, but my one non-negotiable is uh, about my mom. So I think there is a lot of things people can choose from, but I think most organizations know why they're bringing me in. 
And and you personally, I mean, we all, those of us who do speaking, we all have our one sort of lane or the one focus that really excites us. Of all that you talk about, what is it that really is like, this is the one that I'm I'm loving? Yeah, man, I, I love speaking to uh, students and educators, more more so educators now, um, because I think they're, they, they play the, a, a vital role in my mission of um, just unity, right, in our schools. And I think sometimes we have to start at a young age. And so when I get to share with these educators and and uh, encourage them, because I think they're heroes, when I get to do that, man, it's it's phenomenal for me and, and for the work that I do. So there are some of these places that, that you know, I mean, race can always be difficult and, and difficult in a good way, but also in a bad way at times in some circles. Is it is it difficult for you trying to to educate on this topic in, in some of these areas? Yeah, man. Some some of the years I go into, um, there's a little pushback for it because they're like, man, I don't need uh, this training or I don't need to have this or to, to learn about that. And so I'll definitely see some pushback every now and then. But for the most part, man, I think g- generally people want to be united, right? Maybe they don't want to think the same thing. You don't have to think the same thing to just respect other human beings. And so um, I've gotten pushback a little bit here and there because I do it a little bit differently. Uh, super peacefully, more Dr. King than Malcolm X. But at the end of the day, I think most people, they, they'd agree with my, my message. Well, I know as someone who has seen you speak, it is it is incredibly inspiration. You're right. You know, motivation isn't the right word because you are not a uh, major pain. You're not screaming at people, but uh, you're definitely leaving people inspired. And, and, you know, I think that that shows in how busy you've been <laughs> the last couple of years. Right. I mean, as someone who follows you online as well, it's like every other week you're in a different place doing this work. Yeah, man, I think uh, back in 2018, I really started uh, to get on the road a little bit. I think I had about 34, maybe 40 engagements in 2018. Uh, 2019, I think I had 56. 2020, I had 74. And on the, in this year, I've I've already got over 80 on the calendar that I think I'll be doing in, in 2021. So, uh, yeah, definitely moving around, definitely shuffling, but doing the work that I've been called to do. So talk a little bit about 2020, because as again, someone who does similar work, it was a tough year for me. I, I, you know, in a lot of groups where people were really struggling when their main focus was speaking and yet you flourished this last year. So how, how, what, how did that work for you? How, how were you able to keep having this impact? Yeah. Well, I think what a lot of people were doing initially were they were, they were focused on uh, the money, right? In, In 2020, I can understand why that was the focus. But for me, I was just serving so many people uh, whenever I could, whether they could pay me at the time or they couldn't. And that service allowed me to get more engagements on the back end. Um, and, and so another thing that was huge for me was the virtual piece was amazing. Right. At first, I was like, man, you know what? Virtual is not as cool. I can't provide for my family as much. Um, it's, I don't have that connection uh, virtually. But then, man, I just I found a, I found a joy in it because I could speak somewhere uh, one hour, speak you know, three states away the next hour. And then I get to be home for dinner with my family. And that's something I wasn't able to do being on the road a lot. So um, I just basically had the best year of my career so far as a speaker, because I switched everything virtual um, and was able to leverage some of the free and then get tons more paid engagements. So 
you know, again, inspiration is such a, an important word about your work. If, if, you know, you're trying to really hit home with someone, what is, what is kind of your home run that you're going for? Cause I've seen you do some pretty cool things. You, you had everyone was it, uh, stand up and it was, you were shaking, having so everyone shake hands in the beginning. You, you've done yeah. some cool things to get people out their seats and really motivated to, to, to be inspired. Yeah. So I think with me, one of the things I used to always do was uh, I force people to get up and give somebody a hug that looks different than them and say, I love you to you. Right. And, and that's the thing that we I would make people do, because we always talk about love. And even I've said that love is stronger than hate. But a lot of people have never heard the words I love you from somebody that looks different than them. And so for us to keep saying love this, love that, it's like, well, have we ever even heard those words from somebody that looks different than us? And if the answer is no, then we've got some work to do. Um and so that's one of the things that I always do. And, you know, I always talk about how I didn't really have the luxury of stopping and giving up in life. Right. Because I, I had my brother, I had my sister um, that were counting on me. And so as a, as a young man who was trying to figure things out, I really had to buckle down and say, you know what, this happened to me and it is unfortunate, but I still have control over all the things that can happen in the future. And that mindset has allowed me to be successful thus far. Yeah, I, I, that's so. That's such a cool uh, idea that, that you know. Like thinking back to to being in a big room, which is wow, it seems so long ago. The idea that the speaker would have us all stand up and and truly have a moment with with everybody else is is a very beautiful idea. And, and from the the speech that I saw that that recorded that moment, it looked very beautiful. That what you had everyone do. So, so going forward, you know, what, what is next for you? What, what is, what is, you, you did the kids book. What, what else is coming down that line for you? Yeah, I've got a, a couple of uh, publishing companies that want me to write my next uh, adult book with them. So that's definitely in the works. Um, I've got my, another children's book coming next year. I, I love children's books so much. I'll probably write one once a year for the rest of my life. That's how much I love it. Um, so we've got, we've got that coming up. Um, I'm also just, I've been super blessed with being able to speak to a bunch of companies recently, right? And 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 uh, for the first time, well, for the first time in a long time, I've been able to consistently uh, do five-figure engagements for companies, right? Where I'm charging them ten, twelve, fifteen thousand dollars, and so I want to be able to continue to do those types of things, um, and and really sustain that 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 leadership position that I have uh, when coming to, diff to different organizations. And just doing the blessings that I've been given, man. And so I never thought I'd be able to do what I'm doing now. And now I just want to keep doing it. So uh, that's where I'm at. And hopefully I'll keep doing that in the future. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I I, I think that, you know, there was definitely a, in the last year, it was separating the people kind of, as you said, that were doing this work for the wrong reasons from the ones that were doing it for the right. And and when I saw, you know, everything disappear uh, in early 2020, that this podcast came directly out of that. Cause I said, what can I still do to yeah. reach people to have this impact? And, and here I am a year and a half later and it's taken off and I'm very, I, you know, I'm, I, I know how lucky I am for that. And it sounds like oh. you kind of have the same mindset. No doubt for sure. Yeah. So, okay. So, so really hard hitting question here, but what does your son think about the kids book? Yeah, he's uh he's only three, man. He's in that stage where he's flipping the pages. He just wants to see the colors and the pictures. So he's not really too dialed into the content. Right. And daddy, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do the illustrations, right. I've got an illustrator that did all that. So he's more impressed with what they did than the <laughs> words that I wrote, <laughs> but uh, it's always fun. And I like to read to him a lot um, right before bed. And uh, yeah, that's that's kind of our bonding time, even though I'm on the road a lot. 
bedtime is that's one of my daddy duties that I'll never let go of. Can he can he understand that that you wrote the words that this is your book? He does say daddy's book, right? He will say daddy's book. So he, he understands that that part of it for sure. That's got to be pretty rewarding. Oh, definitely. It is. Um, and I think even more so for kids that uh, look like me that have never seen a, a young black author. Right. And they're like, man, did you you really wrote this? And I think that that's super rewarding for me to say, hey, this is something you guys can do. I know we play basketball, baseball, football, but man, check this out. We can write books and uh, showing them other things are possible is definitely encouraging for me. You know, that's such an important point because my brother had a, had a, his, my, my, my family's first, you know, uh, kid last year. And my wife and I, it was very important to us that we support a, a, an author of color when we bought the kids' books because we knew that everybody else would be buying the traditional, you know, white authors. And I'll tell you what, it was hard. You know, the, the, the selection was very small. And, and yeah. You know, it was one of the things that you probably just assume, but then when you actually sit down and look at it, you're like, wow, you know, if I wanted just a white author, there's pages on Amazon and there's like a couple of here, you know, written by by a black author. No doubt. Yeah, that's something I think we've, we've started to work on a lot, uh, but we're we're definitely not there yet. We got to keep 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 trucking and keep keep putting stuff out there, man. I'm, I'm so big on that. You never know what people will will will, will enjoy. Um more times than not, man, it's really good stuff. You just got to let go of it and stop being scared and get it out to the world. And I've I really t- kind of taken that leap. And uh, it's been it's been good to me. Well, I definitely applaud you for that. And I know our time is tight. So before we go into the final questions, one more time, give everybody, a, you know, a heads up where they can follow you online and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm on uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, TikTok, the whole nine yards. It's uh, C Singleton underscore two for most of my profiles. And uh, Chris Singleton.com is where people can check me out on my website. And, and again, as someone who does follow you, especially on LinkedIn, it's good stuff. So I, I definitely recommend it to everybody. So I finished with the same two questions every time. The first of which is not just during COVID, but, but you know, all the time. What self-care habits work for Chris? Yeah, I, I think we called it um, mindful meditation. When I started playing baseball, it was the first time I ever did that. And uh, we had a mental skills coach or a mental wellness coach uh, for the Chicago Cubs in the minor leagues. And I'll never forget when, when I started doing that, it was life changing for me. So I have quiet time in the morning in the shower where it's like, hey, this is my time where I can uh, just con- control breathing, um, just sitting there you know, trying to have a clear mind and not beating myself up for having thoughts because we have so many without even recognizing it, um, but just getting back to my breaths. So that's one thing I'll do. Um, also, I can be, I'm a super outgoing person, right? I'm not an introvert by any means, but I like going places by myself. I'll go eat somewhere by myself, no question. I can watch, go to the movies, watch a movie by myself. Like I just developed that after being on the road playing baseball and being in all these random cities with people I don't really know too well. And I could just keep myself company. And so doing things like that, man, has been great for me as well. And I'm sure during COVID, that's been especially crucial. Oh, for sure. Especially in COVID where you can't have that interaction like you always have. You got to be able to keep yourself company. Um, I've done that with podcasts, with audio books that I love to listen to now. So those are some of the things that I love to do to keep me keep me even cute. 
Well, I love it. Uh, and, and one more question. We've now spent the last you know half an hour learning about why you're incredible and why we should all be following you. But who are some people that inspire you? What are you listening to, reading, watching, whatever the case is? Yeah, one guy off the top of my head, David Goggins, uh, his book, You Can't Hurt Me, uh, is phenomenal. If you haven't heard or if you haven't read it, I'd definitely read it, but also listen to the audio book, which is what I'm listening to now, because he also implemented like a little podcast inside the book, which is really, really cool. So David Goggins, that uh, that one, um, John Gordon, who's an author of The Energy Bus, of uh, The Coffee Bean and, and many others, um, is a phenomenal person that I, I, I like to, uh, you know, listen to his content and, and things of that nature. Inky Johnson, like I said before, the reason why I started speaking was because of Inky. He's now become one of my mentors who I'm extremely grateful for in my life. I listen to a lot of his stuff. Um, and then I'm a man of faith. So I try to lock in and, and read my Bible every now and then when I, when I can and make that a priority um, and talk to my creator. So uh, those are some of the things that I kind of do to keep me, keep me, keep me grounded and keep me on the right path. Well, Chris, I really appreciate you taking the time, and I know my listeners are going to love this too. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. I am so excited to tell you about my new CBD sponsor, Roadrunner. You all know I love my old CBD sponsor, and I switched for one main reason. This stuff works. I've been a runner my whole life, but unfortunately, I'm also super easily injured. One of my high school friends used to call me Mr. Glass. And back in 2015, when I ran my first half marathon, I got hurt, like really hurt. And since then, I haven't been able to run more than three or four miles without serious pain. That is until I tried Roadrunner CBD's Muscle Gel. In a few short months, I'm regularly running five and a half to six miles each outing, and I'm currently training for my next half marathon. I don't want to call it a miracle cure, but it's damn near close. So check it out at my personal Roadrunner link, which is roadrunnercbd.com slash ref slash CYS. Again, that's roadrunnercbd.com slash ref slash CYS, or at the link in my show notes or on my podcast website, and use the code CYS at checkout to get 10% off on all of their awesome products. Check it out today. Find me on social media. Check the link in the show notes or search for me, Jay Schiffman, on YouTube and LinkedIn, and choose your struggle on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All right, we've come to the end of another episode of the Choose Your Struggle podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Chris Singleton. He's a really cool guy doing some very important and, and interesting work. And I, I you know, appreciate that he took the time. He's a person that we originally touched uh, you know, base with probably a year and a half ago in person, more than that now, before covid uh, and, and sort of stayed in touch, and it was great to circle back around and get him on the podcast. So I hope you enjoyed the conversation. I hope you enjoyed all that he is doing. Check out his book. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. We're going to use one of the newer card packs today, the Mindful Reminders, 52 Powerful Practices for Teens and Adults. Hear me shuffling the cards. And I just threw them all over the room. Yep, that just happened. All right, well, the closest one to me. <laughs> Look at anything around you right now. 
What are all the possible benefactors, human or circumstantial, bringing it into being? Ooh, that's fun. Well, let's do that real quick. So I'm obviously talking into this microphone uh, and and the, the microphone shield. So, you know, I guess the possible benefactors are the, the people who uh, made this, uh, who literally crafted it, every person along the way, the raw materials that went into it, the people who, who harvested or, or, or accumulated that. The, the the those raw materials themselves and then on the other side the people who who shipped it to me uh and 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 got it here through through the delivery method so that's a cool that's a cool idea you know uh think about that that the card itself is called infinite gestation gestation uh, so that's really interesting. And it's something that we don't do a lot of, you know, um, if you think about the clothes you're wearing, it's like how many different things had to go right for those clothes to, to first be made at all and then get to you. So really cool card. Thank you for that. And and try to do that at some point this week. That's a, That's a great tip. All right, your good egg for today, in honor of Chris, as we talked about, one of the things that he likes to do when he speaks is to have people have a real interactive moment with others. And what that means for him in the past before COVID was was making everybody get up and, and hug someone who didn't look like them. So that's your good egg today. Not the hugging part. We're still in this pandemic. But have an interaction, a positive interaction a positive moment with someone who does not look like you. Learn from them, uh, hear them, be with them. Uh, because as we say all the time in this podcast, it's hard to hate up close. So uh, do that and, and think of Chris when you do and thank him and reach out to him and let him know that, that, that you know you did this in his honor. But most of all, as always, be vulnerable, show your empathy, spread your love, and choose your struggle.